Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, even so our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So let me just get this out of the way right up front. Spoiler alert. Everybody dies. Now, what did you expect was going to happen? You're going up against an enemy that seems all-powerful. What real chance does anyone have of overcoming it? You might spend years in training and preparation. You might muster your troops. You might make your plans. But when the enemy's primary goal is to cut you off from the land of the living, to see your flesh and your bones reduced to nothing but dust and ashes, it's not like you can hope for any kind of peace treaty. No settlement, no kind of reconciliation is looming in the future. The enemy isn't going to rest until you are gone, gone, gone. This is their all-consuming passion. You are in for war. It's inevitable. And your enemy is death. So what are you willing to try to do to win? People have been trying out all kinds of different strategies for thousands of years now. You make plans to watch what you eat. You can train and discipline your body and your mind through exercise and education. You can incorporate any number of skin care and cosmetic regimens into your daily life. You can take advantage of the latest scientific breakthroughs or medical treatments, even having your body cryogenically frozen in the hope that future cures and advancements might come along. But even if you are willing to do whatever it takes to win this war, death still waits in the end. You can't cheat death. You know how it goes. People die. Family, friends, neighbors, strangers. And sometimes we might imagine what we might have done differently so that things didn't turn out that way, to keep death from coming. We might wonder why it happened, or why to this person, why now? But that doesn't do anything to change how things came out. It's not like anybody is going to come back from death, right? Now, you might have heard of this film opening this weekend that one of its stars has referred to as a little independent film. It's called Avengers Endgame. Anybody heard of it? I see some nodding. Has anybody seen it yet? A few. Excellent. Okay. Now, this movie, it's not little. It is massive in its scope. And that is even before you get to the three hour plus runtime. It caps off the saga of the 21 movies that have come before it in what's known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, bringing to conclusion a story that has been over 10 years in the telling. If you want to know more about what the movies were in that Marvel Cinematic Universe or what order you should watch them in or which ones you can skip or even if you want to go prepared into Endgame where you can take your bathroom breaks during the three hour plus runtime, go online. It's all out there. You can find out. 
Now, when you're telling a story that is this big, this epic, there must be some enemy who is going to be able to stretch the heroes, to challenge them to their breaking point and beyond. Anybody familiar with The Lord of the Rings, another epic out there? Yes, some of that. The Lord of the Rings had Sauron. The Infinity Saga, as these first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are known, well, it has Thanos. This towering purple despot from another world has a simple goal. He wants to wipe out half of all sentient life in the universe. Okay. Now, last year in Avengers Infinity War, he showed that he would do whatever it takes to achieve that goal. And if you've seen that movie, well, you know how it goes. So how's it all going to play out? Who lives? Who dies? Endgame, as the title implies, marks a journey's end for our heroes, for Thanos, and for the whole of the Infinity Saga. Now, Good Friday marked the end of a journey for Jesus' disciples. Their beloved teacher was dead. He was buried in the tomb. All their hopes died with him. And yet, somehow life continued on. On Sunday, they were there gathered together, mourning Jesus' death. They knew how it goes. You don't come back from death. Now, they'd seen Jesus raise the dead, yes, but who could raise Jesus? It wasn't even a possibility. And then Mary and some of the other women who were with them came running with this tale that Jesus is alive, that he has appeared to them. Now, that's crazy talk, right? But sure enough, as the disciples are gathered together on that Easter evening, Jesus comes to be with them. Not a ghost. Real. Living. God. Now like us, Thomas wasn't there with the other disciples that Easter evening. Like us, Thomas knew how it goes. There's no cheating death. Jesus was dead. His enemies had cut him off from the land of the living. He was gone, gone, gone. And now his friends are telling him that Jesus was alive? That he showed up? And that's not how things work. Thomas was convinced until Jesus showed up again and proved that nothing is impossible with God. Jesus didn't cheat death. He defeated death. He is the truest hero that our world would ever know, taking a stand to do what needed to be done, doing what he alone would be able to do, to live a perfect life in obedience to God's holy design. Jesus knew that death is a problem for you, for me, for all of creation. He knew that the wages of sin is death. And he knew how it goes. 
that without divine intervention, we would all be cut off from God into death, into eternity, into infinity. And so Jesus laid down his life for you and for me so that we might experience God's love and restored life with him. You see, Jesus is God's endgame. After Adam and Eve had fallen into sin, God declared that he was committed to do what needed to be done to defeat the enemy, to win the war that we human beings had begun. He said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, would do whatever it takes to bring home the victory that we needed. Jesus freed us from our sins by his blood, through his sacrifice on the cross, so that we need not live under the shadow of death. This epic, this saga of God's infinite love for his creation, his love for you, it does not end with death. Jesus overthrew that towering despot with his resurrection on Easter morning, snapping the grave's tight grip on us and setting us free for life. We live in a time where cathedrals burn down, where churches are torched in hate by arsonists, where Christians are murdered in attacks on Easter Sunday. Death and the devil continue to lash out. And we cry out to God to be avenged. And God answers in Jesus. Christ is God's response to all the hate, all the violence, all the evil of our human race. Jesus carried all of it, all of it into death on the cross. But if that's where the story ended, though, how could we have any hope? Well, you know how the story turns out. And it is far from a spoiler. God wins. Jesus rose. He is the firstborn of the dead who died and is now alive forevermore. And he will return. And on that last day, you will get to see with your own eyes the end that is the beginning, for you have life in Jesus' name. This is where I get to be a little bit like Oprah now. Because you have resurrection, and you have resurrection, and you have resurrection. Jesus lives. He rose. He is this firstborn for us, with Easter, with Jesus' resurrection. Death is not the end. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.